This episode was recorded on December 18th, 2020, and it is the third episode in our Michigan series as we continue to promote the breweries that helped us get to where we are today. This episode included Chris Hakery of Austin Brothers Beer Co. talking to us about all of the fun stuff going on up in Alpena, including an upcoming brewery promoting and selling beer during the pandemic, how things get from their house to Tavor, and everything in between. You can like us on all of our social medias. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Better on Draft. You can like us on Untapped and Twitch.tv, which is Bod Podcast, B-O-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, including on Untapped, seeing all the beers we drank during these episodes we recorded. You can watch us live Friday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. We will be back on January 8th. That's going to do it. Stay safe. Support your local breweries. And, of course, no matter what you think of your beer, we think it's Better on Draft. Have a good night. Enjoy. All right. Better on Draft, episode number three, the Michigan series. We appreciate you coming on out and joining us. My name is Ken. Uh, Going over through all the hosts real quick to see what you are all drinking. I'm probably going to need to go to the refrigerator right behind me, but I am back. Uh, I finished that Warka from the uh, Zwichik Brewery in Poland from our news segment. Obviously, as everyone is listening knows, we are recording episodes two, three, and four tonight. So I'm back to El Rojo over at Griffin Claw. Wendy, nice. what are you drinking over there? They have a murky Christmas from Austin Brothers. Oh, uh, it's fantastic! And I have to admit that I have not had an Austin Brothers beer that I did not like. And I've never said that about any brewery. Well, somebody's trying to suck up to our guests. Let's get through the rest of the hosts before we bring them in. Nick, what are you drinking? I think I'm, well, I'm definitely, I know I am. I'm still milking what I still believe is a Hazel's Nuts from (laughs) Oddside Brewing. Um, And the only reason, and I did say this earlier uh, for the Facebook crowd, you guys can see this. It's because it's the the dad beer. My wife took the label off, so I really don't know what it is. But it sure tastes like Hazel's nuts. That's that's a fair reason to have a mystery beer. Robert, what are you drinking? Uh, I was looking for some cuckoo for cacao, but uh, I ended up just deciding myself that uh, I love it when a plan comes together. So I'm having myself an A-team from, from Austin Brothers because that's what it is. And Daniel? You know, Cuckoo for for Cacao, isn't that named after a Faith No More song that just popped into my head when you said that? Um, I'm drinking a Wet Nose uh, or Wet Snout, peanut butter stout from uh, Sleepy Dog out here in Arizona. Also Chicago, since they got bought out. There you go. And we do have a guest here today. Um, it's It's been a minute. Uh, since, since we chatted with you, but uh, Chris over at Austin Brothers, why don't you uh, say hello and tell us what you do over there? So uh, my name is Chris. I'm the sales director over at Austin Brothers Beer Company. I've been on board there uh, coming up on two years now. Um, handle officially handle distribution out to the state. Uh, currently, you know, part-time waiter, part-time can crew, high-low operator, you know, just about a little bit of anything, shoveled snow today, you know, kind of whatever we need to do to get through the next uh, next couple months here, and then we'll get back to back to selling beer to the street in the streets. Well, I wanted to bring up the oh, – I'm getting a little echo on you, so just so you know. Um, I, I wanted to bring up the very first question because I think there is a huge misconception, misconception, and I think you can solve it. We talked about it during the news segment, which you could have checked out last week on the uh, 1218 news segment. Um, 
with the new rules of Michigan, there are a lot of um, in, not inconsistencies, but uh, people following the rules and people not. Um, what are you guys doing to bring people up to Alpena so that they can still enjoy your beer at the tab room? So thankfully we've had a pretty mild winter up here. We got about 13 inches of snow last Saturday, but it's the first snow we've seen all year. Um, other than that, it's been fairly mild. We did install 10 four foot infrared heaters along the whole length of our patio, uh, which kick out some nice heat. We put, we bought some little like uh, tabletop heaters and then uh, we purchased these back in September. They finally started showing up last week. Uh, we bought enough roll up like garage door style vinyl curtains to enclose our whole patio. Um, that being said, wouldn't do us a lot of good, uh, currently, uh, however, it sounds like some regulations changed where we can actually block off two sides of our patio and still leave as long as they're not adjoining. Uh, we could have kind of the building side and then the parking lot side covered and with the heaters working and as long as two sides remain open, uh, that's still considered outside space and will give us, you know, four or five tables, um, which is, which is better than zero, um. And then we are looking at uh, one tricky thing with us. We're inside the city limits of Alpena who don't allow fires. Uh, so we're going to look into some kind of variance. So we could have some fire pits kind of out in the yard for people that want to come out and sit and have a beer on a nice day. I think that, that helps you follow what the winter beer fest does. Um, if you can kind of pull that off and I think people want to drink and I think people want to get out and go drink. So as long as you're providing that, that heat source, I think a lot of people will go, but I know Dan, um, Dan, Dan was begging me, you could say, to ask you some questions. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to send it off to Dan because I want, I want to hear what Dan wanted to say. Chris, I'm glad I'm finally on the show for Austin Brothers because every time someone from Austin Brothers has been on, I seem to be in Europe, seem to be somewhere. So first off, I'm from Rogers City, so it's finally great to finally talk to you guys. <laughs> um, as far as that goes, my my first question here is. How have the locals taken to a brewery in Alpena? Like, I know how people drink up there. I know what people do. Um, how have they accepted you guys as far as beer goes? Our local market's absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, you know, not just through the shutdown, but this whole time. I mean, you know, obviously Alpena is a bit of a, a tourism seasonal destination. Um, so even in the off seasons, we're busy. Um, you know, our local stores support us well. Uh, the Meyer in town outsell some of our distributors. I mean, and, and that's mostly locals that shop there. So, I mean, we have great local support, um, especially this year. It's been amazing. Uh, you know, people doing carry out and curbside and ordering, you know, gift cards this time of year, kegs to go. Um, I mean, it's definitely, if it, it, you know, it's a risk that, that the brothers took when they opened being so far from a major market uh, and a major population base. Uh, but the population base has been absolutely amazing. Um, throughout the history of the brewery, but especially this year really kept us going because um, we didn't necessarily have all the tourism we normally have in the summertime. And we were, we were just as busy a normal summer. Awesome. Now I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, especially being into the sales. Um, Alpina is one thing. How are the cities or even the villages outside of there? How is like a Nighthawk Inn? How is a Greekas? How are these so places doing or what are they doing with your beer? Are they buying it at all? Absolutely. It's funny to me, you know, you drive around, you, you know, you drive by these bars, and you kind of have an idea of what kind of bar it is inside. And, uh, you know, they have one one wall outside is a big, a big Budweiser poster and the other wall is a big Woody Wheat 45 or inside poster. You know, the, the locals have, you know, you can't go to a bar in this town. I don't think, you know, I, I might be wrong, but everyone <laughs> I've ever been to, um, you know, high end shot in a beer, uh, any kind of bar, you know, 
it might not be their number one seller, but everybody in town definitely carries it and, and pushes it too. I mean, it's amazing just driving up and down through town, just the outside signage on buildings. Uh, I mean, everybody's saying, you know, Hey, they're here to support local. Uh, it's, it's, it's fun to see. Awesome. Now, I was taking a look at your tap list. It looks like you had almost 30 beers on tap currently. Are all of those moving as far as the number of taps you currently have? So um, last couple of weeks, it slowed down a bit, but we've been able to maintain, even through the shutdown, about 20 beers on tap. Um, we're kind of in a funny spot now where I have four, five, six barrels that have been sitting around for a week or two that need to go away um, just due to, uh, you know, through Thanksgiving, we were pretty busy. Um and then with the weather cooling down, obviously the, the, the food sales are still good. We had a delivery to go that kind of stuff, but there's not as much drinking on premise. Um, so and we haven't been kegging a lot either. I mean, everything, you know, we went from a brewery that was 50% or so package draft to about 96% package. So, I mean, the, the kegs we are putting on, we're, you know, throwing on one half barrel of something and riding it till it's gone. Awesome. Now, one other thing I was wondering here, uh, I was taking a look at your menu. I don't really see anything barrel aged. Do you guys have any plans or looking into doing anything stouts, browns, porters, barrel aged? We do one barrel aged beer a year, um, mostly for space reasons. The brewery's not very big. Um, We have enough room to store about 12 bourbon barrels, you know, stacked four high, you know, in twos. Um, So we release one beer every year for anniversary party, uh, Sumo Sumatra Imperial Stout. Um, we brew it at actually Sumo's company. Yeah, that's like Robert. He's a big fan. Um, so Sumo Sumatra Imperial Stout will be coming out um, in about three or four weeks. So we do a, a giant batch. Half of it we release on barrel age, throw it in cans, and then the rest will go into barrels. Um, and then actually in September, after we empty those barrels, we, th- we, we did it last year in a small scale and we did it on a larger scale this year. Uh, we take our base porter recipe and throw it into those second use barrels. And then when it comes out, we're going to treat it with some coffee, um, some maple walnut coffee that we found that we really like. So kind of a, you know, parent little grizz, not aggressively barrel aged, 7% porter with some coffee. Um, I'm a big fan. It's a big sessionable barrel aged porter. Um, so we would like to get into it more. We've had requests for it more. We just don't have the space um, currently as the footprint stands to put any more barrels anywhere. Awesome. Speaking of Rob, I believe he has the next question here for you. All right. Uh, so I had noticed that you guys were definitely were looking at doing some sort of expansion. Uh, so much so that it, I kind of found that you guys actually had a video on YouTube that was going through the presentation on how you guys were planning on expanding. Um, I guess talk to us about those expansion plans, including from what I saw in there that it looks like you guys are looking to go to Lisbon and Portugal. That's news to me. <laughs> um, you know, the, the expansion, we, you know, it was more um, the building itself was built to be a brewery first and a restaurant second and quickly realized that the restaurant portion is very successful. Also, um, that being said, it's not a very big tap room. So the expansion initially would probably be a larger building on the site we're at uh, to, to add a bigger kitchen, a bigger restaurant space, some more outdoor space. Um, this year put a big kink in a lot of those plans. Um, we'll see. We'll see kind of where that goes. And then they've always kind of kicked around the idea of a second location somewhere in Metro Detroit, uh, more of like a tap room or a tasting room than an actual full scale brewery. But once again, I mean, you know, something there's been things floated up to us that sound interesting, but nothing, you know, we're still kind of busy up here right now, or we probably don't want to be 
know, going back and forth yet, but I wouldn't put it out of the question. Uh, for now, our, our big plan for expansion would be expanding kind of the, the we have a nice big space up here. Um, add some more, add some more buildings, add some more square footage. I'd uh, be able to kick more beer out up here. And, and definitely uh, the, the Sumo series, you know, obviously the, the Sumo Sumatra is definitely one of my favorite beers. And had I would was able to find that in my run this this afternoon, I would have grabbed that first first thing that I would have grabbed. But I've also noticed that there's been a, quite a few uh, beers that have been coming out in the Sumo series. So I guess talk to us about some of those and and, you know, that uh creation of going into different variants, so, so to speak, uh, of the Sumo series. So that's kind of one of the fun parts of the job is, uh, you know, Sumo is just, you know, Sumo now is basically just our big Imperial Stout base. And you kind of do whatever you want with it. So we'll go and uh, there's, there's a coffee roaster in town. There's one down in Grayling. There, you know, there's a couple that we use where we'll go and get a bunch of different coffees, kind of <laughs> grind it up, French press it into beers, find which ones we like, which ones we don't. Um, we actually did another run last year, uh, called Peruvian Sumo. We found these really cool coffee beans out of Peru. Uh, that one probably will be coming back later this, later this winter. Um, you know, just, and, and we're always on the lookout for more variants. Uh, actually the cuckoo for cacao kind of starts out life as Sumo just gets boiled a lot longer to get the alcohol up. Uh, and instead of adding the coffee, we added every chocolate thing we could find in Alpina and a little bit of cacao. Nice. And and one other thing, which which I have always I, I will always say this is that in being in Alpina, uh, the home of the filming of Die Hard 2, that you guys should make some sort of tour out of that. I don't know how to do it, but you guys should do something for that, because that that movie is still you know one of my favorites. Uh, but kind of going back real quick to that presentation, one of the things that it alluded to in the beginning of it was talking about how America's craft beer revolution is still going strong. And I guess I, I'm curious from your perspective, uh, how how has, or, or rather, how is craft beer still going strong for you? And in, in terms of specific beers that you have are there certain ones that have been selling uh far more strongly than others i mean the story is going to be pretty much the same as most people that you guys have been talking to lately i mean the 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 growth this year has been our murky series again uh, our new england style ipas um the smoothie series which is basically we take our murk beers we add a ton of fruit and some vanilla to them uh those have, have also Continued, they kind of leveled out this year, but they're still a very uh, big piece for our portfolio. And then a big growth this year has been in our kettle sour program. Um, you know, we, we you know, kettle sour a beer, add thousands and thousands of pounds of puree, um, you know, let it ferment out properly. And uh, that that series has really been on the rise for us. And then we've also seen a rise uh, more so locally because we haven't really done much distribution yet downstate with it. Uh, we launched a light beer this year, uh, gluten reduced, you know, under 10 parts per billion, 95 calories, uh, 4.3, you know, uh, 2.34 grams carbs called Northern Lights uh, that you'll start seeing down that way. That beer, I mean, we were selling 30, 40 cases a week out of the brewery alone. Uh, you know, the Meyer in town had half an end cap. Uh, so that style, that light lager category, you know, that's it's the... We don't want to play in the seltzer world, um, but we know there's obviously a health conscious piece of what people are drinking. So we wanted to introduce a beer like that. Uh, had some fun with the graphics. 
Um, and then I'd say lastly, I mean, our 45er IPA continues to grow. Uh, it's the most traditional West Coast IPA brewed in Michigan, um, if you ask me. Uh, and that style, I think, you know, some people kind of get over the haze. Uh, they're going to go back to the kind of that traditional uh, crystal clear, Pilsner-based, 7%, 70 IBU IPA. And that's what uh, 45er is. With with breweries that are making more health conscious beers, why do you not think, uh, especially it's a fad, and here you go for a bingo square, but why do not, uh, why do you think beer breweries do not make keto beers more often? I don't know if it's so. I think it's maybe more craft breweries have a hard time achieving that flavor profile and be happy with it. Um, you know, I think that's why a lot of people go to the seltzer out because it hits that button. I mean, it took us a long time to develop Northern Lights to get like a low, really low carb, low calorie beer that tasted like something we'd put our name on, you know, that, that tasted like a beer and tasted like a crafted beer. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously the big boys have had great luck, um, you know, Mick Ultra Trend, stuff like that, you know, but it's hard to make a beer that has some character that has the numbers that people are looking for. Yeah, I'm sure. All right, I think I'm going to pass that over to Wendy. She's got a couple questions. So, like I said earlier, I have never had a beer from Austin Brothers that I didn't like, but I wasn't here when you guys were on the show before. So I kind of want to just get a little bit of information about how you guys came about, because it seemed like I never heard of you, and then you were everywhere. So I'll take so credit like for the everywhere. <laughs> no, just awesome. kidding. Um, so... Uh, Two brothers. Um, they were born and raised Southern California. Uh, their dad was on the fire department um, out in for San Bernardino. He was getting close to being able to retire. He knew he did not want to retire in California. So over the course of a couple summers, uh, when the brothers were in high school, they did the old family RV road trip cross country. Uh, two summers in a row or two out of three summers. Um, and just by pure luck, they they flew to Florida, bought an RV and were driving it back to California, but decided to go up through Michigan and across to visit some family in Utah, Idaho, one of them. Um, but they got to that 75, 23 split, you know, Blake Austin, uh, one of the brothers was navigating dad said 75 or 23 said, well, I've never seen a great Lake. You know, it says there's a great Lake this way. Let's go this way. Uh, they ran out of daylight in Alpena, uh, stayed there for three, four days, really liked it. A couple years later, came back, a couple years later, came back. And so when it came time for dad to finally retire, you know, he said, so everywhere in the, everywhere in the country, where do you want to go? And pretty much it was unanimous. Uh, you know, we want to move to Alpena. Um, so they've never been here for winter? No, I, you know, I think they waited. They didn't get here until winter kidding. until, uh, but actually I'm I tell you what, our winters, our winters up here have been better than the winters down there lately. So knock on wood, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I lived in Metro Detroit my whole life. But I just moved up here a little over a year ago. Uh, and last winter was a piece of cake. So I probably just jinked myself. Oh, you, um, yeah. Hold on a second. Hold there. on a second. You have no idea. Just wait. But the Thunder Bay keeps us, keeps us warmer. You know, that's, uh... I've said so... for years that I would have gone to, uh, the, I would have gone to Northern university if I had been to Marquette in the springtime and not the wintertime. So we actually had uh, the, the brothers and the father, Austin Brothers, on episode number 111. So if you guys go back into the, uh, the archives of Better on Draft and you go to episode 111, which was three years ago, you can listen to that. Trust me when I say that it is a one of those drunk episodes, as we call it. Um, <laughs> 
the the father nonetheless uh definitely got drunk that's for sure i heard that they like the party uh, they do like to party. I'm looking at the the information, and we were drinking cinnamon toast crunch from, uh, and we had black note stout, and we oh no, sorry, oh. we were we French pressed oh, cinnamon French toast press crunch oh, with black God. note stout. <laughs> um, oh geez, I remember that. So, Those were the days. So yeah. yeah, that was that was episode 111. Go check it out on Better on Draft. Uh, Chris, I know we kind of asked this near the the end. I kind of want to know what you're drinking right now and what non-Austin Brothers beer is in your fridge right now. So right now I'm drinking Cuckoo for Cacao because this is like one of three cans I have left, and I figured it'd be a good time to crack it. Um, we sent it all downstate. Didn't save much for us, but I figured I'd have one. Um, and the beer in my fridge right now, non-Austin Brothers, is going to be Ascension. Um, you know, those guys, they, you know, we did the collab. We had a lot of fun, um, have a lot in like. You know, we, we do similar style beers, uh, and I, I like a lot of their beers. So I have uh, – we trade back and forth, you know, samples, of course, samples and samples, and uh, keep the fridge keep the fridge full with Ascension. So what beer – what Austin Brothers beer would you tell people that they need to try if they've never had an Austin Brothers beer? For me, I would say probably the most like, you know, it's hard because I, I, my, my sales guy is going to say, have a beer that we always have. So I'd say 45 is that beer that I'm going to tell everybody to try because that kind of shows you, hey, you know, we're an IPA place. This is a good one. You know, I could pick a couple Mercs out, but chances are it's on your store shelf for two weeks. And you'll never see it again. So, I mean, we definitely get a lot of that. Like, oh, I had your beer this one time. It was really great work and I find it. And then it's one we made three years ago and they're pretty bummed. They can't find it again. So I would say probably 45 would be the beer that, you know, it's just, it's crisp. It's refreshing. It's, you know, nice, nice balanced bitterness. Um, and that would be the one that kind of says, yes, this is kind of the quintessential of what Austin Brothers is. But I mean, if, if you say you're you're an IPA place, I mean, th- is it really like kind of the flagship or, or like everything? Because I mean, there are other breweries that that I tend to see that are are what I consider an IPA or like a sour place, like uh, Holmes that does a lot of sours to the point where we were it was like just customers begging for them to do a stout, which they finally did. <laughs> uh, but I mean, do you consider really consider yourself like an IPA place considering there's, there's, I, I kind of feel like there's, there's other beers that you guys make that are very high quality as, as outside of the IPAs. But, you know, obviously with the, murkies, the murkies are, you know, I, I guess in a way that's where the money's at because there, there's a lot of those different styles and different variants that you're making. And that's so, I mean, like, it's one of those where, like I said, we always have 16 or 18 beers on tap. I mean, like, my favorite beer that we make is probably our amber, you know, but that's not going to be the beer I'm going to tell somebody, like, go out and try my amber because it's, it's a good amber, but it's an amber, you know. Um, we have, you know, kind of we pride ourselves on no matter what kind of beer you like, you come to the brewery, we'll have your favorite style beer and it'll be a good version of it. Um, so I won't say that we're an IPA brewery because I think our sours are good. I think our stouts are good. You know, I think, you know, I think everything, everything those guys touch is good, which makes my job really easy. Um, but like you said, it is kind of hard to say what, you know, what are you guys? Well, no, we're not a sour brewery. We make three or four sour beers a year. They're amazing. Uh, but that's definitely not what we're known for. Um, so I guess it's more of, I I mean, is there a such thing as like, Hey, we're a, 
we're a variety brewery. <laughs> you know? um, I mean, that, and it's a good thing. That's a good thing to be, I think, yeah, yeah. for myself or to be a variety brewery because, you know, I'm not the type that just wants to stick with IPAs. It just wants to stick with stouts or stick with ambers. I mean, I want to try and have everything. everything. I mean, I want I, I want to see an in, in Austin Brothers dop, Doppelbach. I, I want to see a Dunkel. I want to see a Pills. I want to see a Vlogger. I want to have everything and and I, I think that's kind of the thing that I feel like every brewery should be uh judged on now while you know most of the people that we have on here and ourselves included will basically say that a brewery is basically judged by how well they make a lager because you can't hide when you make a lager but I want to test and taste everything out there to to see what your capabilities are both in you know the standard styles that you know some people around here find boring to the adjunct styles that you know like we were talking with um with Perrin about you know looking at the label and there'd be like 16 different adjuncts that's added to the beer i want to see the the complexity of of everything that's added so i i i I, I want to interrupt real quick before you go because you mentioned that you know amber is a style that you like but it's not the style style necessarily that you're going to sell but when you're looking at mass produced beers Amber is the most basic intro to craft beer beer that there is. Killian's, Amberbach, like these yep. these beers, um, Smittics, like the these beers exist. Whereas there's not really an intro to IPA beer. Why do you think you have to shy away from your amber versus? Oh, so so we can our amber and we sell a decent amount of it. So I mean that's the cool thing is the breweries. We started out, we opened, we had a bottling line, we bottled three beers, you know, because to to change, add new bottles, you know, it's it's expensive. You had six packs, you had cardboard. Uh switching to the can line, right, probably saved the brewery with all the things that happened this year. Um, but allows us, I mean, you know, we have 14 to 16 beers available in package every day at the brewery. Uh, you know, we we can our blonde, we can our amber, we can our brown, we can our porter. Um, you know, our milk stout, it's all available in cans, uh, our local distributor, you know, they put all of it on the shelf and then some of our downstate guys, they, they pick and choose seasonally. You know, I'm not going to ask the distributor to carry 18 different beers at a time. It's just, you know, not reasonable, uh, on their end, it creates a lot of old beer. Um, and so we, we definitely pick and choose and rotate, but no, I, I, I pushed pretty hard and, and our Amber, we push in draft, uh, statewide, uh, but in cans, I, you know, it, we pick and choose our markets. I do can it, um, you know, so, so I agree there is a spot for it and we definitely have it available if people think they have a home for it. Um, you know, I also play with, uh, you know, we have a, a pretty large distribution network. If they have a lot another Michigan brewery that's known for their Amber, you know, and I give them an Amber, they're, they're going to push the brewery that that's their flagship. Um, so we kind of play in that, area by area, we try to sell the, sell the, send them the beers that are unique to their market from us. Uh, so, so we're their number one horse down there for that brand. So I'm not, I had a really hard time trying to pick out which beer to drink tonight. Hmm. There was a plethora of Austin Brothers beer and they all sounded delicious. And I'm actually kicking myself right now that I didn't get the cuckoo for cacao and I'm going to go back and get it tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, there so was Robert, a question. I just wanted yeah. to point that out. <laughs> so, Robert, you do got to come up. Um, Brant, our brewmaster, Brant Austin, uh, went to brew school in Germany. 
Um, he learned how to make a great Pilsner. We have it on tap right now. Besser Pilsner, um, kind of a play on words, obviously Besser, better for German. Besser is also uh, one of the large uh, plants in Alpena, employs, you know, a third of the town. Uh, the museum's named after the Besser's, the elementary school. You know, they're kind of like one of Alpena's first families. So uh, Besser Pilsner is one of our, is one of our, our standbys. But yeah, I mean, the classic styles, that's what he's, uh, that's what he was trained to brew. Um, but obviously, you know, a brewery's in business to make money. So you got to make the styles that, that, that sell also. Right. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you, Robert. Right. Sorry, but I, I feel this is a very important topic because we've talked about it so many times with different brewers. We've talked about it, especially with Travis over at Old Nation. Um, brewing what you love, brewing good beer doesn't make you necessarily money. Um, when Austin brothers is making beer, obviously they have to worry about the bottom line cause they have to make the next batch. They have to make the next beer. They have to make everything as a salesperson. How do you go about not necessarily cause I mean, Austin brothers makes amazing beer for all the beer that they make, but their best beer is not their top selling beer. How do you go about trying to sneak in those amazing beers while selling, say, the very hazy boys and West Coast boys that you might be selling? So, I mean, it's it's one of those where, you know, and sometimes we make a beer that we really want to make um, and you kind of go out to your, your distribution crew and they're like, oh, it's not another Merc. And it's like, no, but trust me, you know, people are going to like this. And they're like, but, but people aren't going to, you know, are they going to buy it? It's not a Merc. You know, and it's one of those where, trust me, the beer's good. Um, you know, we think it's relevant to, to what's going on right now, you know. Um, and, and I always say it's the it's the logo on the can. People will try it one time. And if it's good, and you know, and if it's good, they'll keep buying it. Uh, but you definitely have to, you know, especially in the summertime, tank space is tight, you know, because our flagships are jamming. And then you're trying to get Mercs out there. And you really have to um, – sneak in beers you want to make and make tank space for them. Or otherwise, yeah, you pretty much are just kicking out, you know, your three or four cores and then, and then rotate through your merch and that's all you have room for. So we make an effort to, to create a schedule where we can still play uh, with stuff that maybe we think is coming on trend or stuff that we just want to make for us and hope we can sell enough that we, you know, can get rid of a batch. Um, What's on trend for you upcoming? What do you think is coming in 2021? You know, we're still in COVID probably for the next six months. Um, what's on trend for you? So we just released a beer uh, that we're hoping, you know, we're starting to get some feedback on. It's kind of a crossover. Uh, it's called West England, where basically we took a Merck beer, a Merck, an old Merck recipe, brewed it true to style, and then ran it through some some filters. Um you know, not our, not our like super clean filters, but the ones that we use for like our, our, you know, double West or double, uh, West coast. Uh, so it's a, it's a clear beer that has the aroma, has the mouthfeel and has that like appear or has that not appearance, but like, it feels like a new England, but it's not. And I don't know if it's something, you know, it's definitely not as thick and chewy, uh, which to me is kind of the best of both worlds where you get that nice flavor of new England, but it's crushable, you know, instead of putting that one in four packs, we put it in six packs because you can drink a six pack. Um, so I think it's, you know, I want to be that, Hey, I think it's going to be crushable lagers and sessionable beers. I don't think it's going there yet. Um, you know, it's going to start trending that way. And that's kind of where we're at is we're going to be that, you know, maybe drop a couple more sessionable sours that aren't so fruited. Um, and then, you know, kind of play with the not as thick, not as creamy, 
you know, New England, but you know, play it, it's IPA for us. It's just we're going to try to play with different styles. I know Bear's got a follow up to this. All right. So, um, and really, I guess I'll start first. A quick shout out to one of my coworkers, Dan Olette, who who loves your milk route stouts. He definitely will will uh, go to any store and he can find where he will track that down. Uh, but I was actually curious about, you know, we, we kind of talked about expansion. Let's kind of go back to it a, a little bit. I'm curious about your your distribution and, and how distribution has been growing. Um, do you want to get outside of Michigan or does did 2020 kind of kill that and you just want to like build in build into Michigan a little bit more or is is there the thought that you know try to get a little bit more into the Midwest and maybe go even further so there's still a lot of room for us to grow in Michigan I mean we still haven't touched the selfs in some of the major chains um you know there's still some some markets um you know the Metro Detroit's really good to us the west side of the state's good to us you know the the tri-city area is really good to us and obviously our home market but there's like some you know like Michigan Shore where we you know it's hard to find our beer in Traverse City um you know there's there's some giant markets we haven't even touched yet uh that being said we have started shipping beer outside the state this year uh we signed on with Tavor um and we have shipped them i think nine or ten different beers um that's probably you know those kind of subscription delivery services are probably as far as we want to go for now um where we can get some beer small amounts of beer in people's hands um i worked on the distribution side for 11 years prior to coming on board here and i've seen kind of the struggles of what happens when a brewery leaves their home state um you know it's hard to stay top of mind you have to put a lot of resources into those other states to, to keep people pushing. And in the end, I mean, it's, it's, to me, it's silly to grow just to expand, to spend more resources to make sure that that expansion is, is working. So um, I think for now we're more than happy with Michigan. Uh, there's plenty, plenty more beer for us to sell here first. Uh, and then even with this, you know, with it, I think it's one of those where you hit that spot where it's like, okay, we're happy with where we're at. Um, we're profitable. Um, the beer is selling quickly people it's well received and we're trying to keep it to where yeah we don't have to start expanding to kind of keep up with the size of the brewery talk to us about your your tavor partnership and and dealing with tavor because i think we haven't really necessarily talked to people who have sold through tavor how do you guys decide what beer goes through tavor how do you guys get information from tavor of how the beer um is receptive like what what is that process for you guys yeah, so basically sure. I send them a calendar for the year. Um, and then we kind of touch base once a month and, and they're very due to the fact that a lot of the people buying their beer are not familiar with the breweries are buying the beers from. They're very sensitive to untapped ratings. Uh, so pretty much every beer they're going to buy has to be a four or higher or from a series that typically rates four or higher. Um, so that's, that's kind of their, they, they kind of look at our, our beers and say, okay, yes, these are the 12 beers that you're making this year that I think would be interested in um, if we can get some. And then once it comes closer, they just give me, you know, okay, yeah, we want 80 cases. We want 120 cases, you know, if we can get it. And then we try to get them as close, uh, but there's some back and forth, you know, I I've tried to kind of prod them and see what kind of styles that they're looking for, because I think that's obviously an indication of what the market's looking for, um, you know, nationally. But uh, as far as feedback from them goes, they usually send me reports of how many people see our beer in each state 
and how many people buy it that see it. You know, they have a lot of cool like conversion rates and, and a lot of really cool numbers. Um, you know, you know, you know, Ken, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. Um, so they send me spreadsheets where I can sit and look and okay, you know, 83% of the people in California that saw the beer bought it, but only 42% Utah, you know, it shows you how long it lasted in each state. Uh, it's really some pretty fascinating stuff with their numbers on that side of it. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I, I shoot them, Hey, here's the beer. How's it sound? Great. Give me hundred. Cool. It'll, and then, you know, they, they send UPS or uh, FedEx freight the day we can it and it leaves the day we can it. So uh, with the idea being, it gets to them in two or three days and hopefully out to market within three weeks. With Tavor choosing 4.0, is it higher? Like, how do you guys push? Because a 4.0 and higher on untapped doesn't really mean much, because, in my opinion, um, because there are a lot of styles and brands that just don't have that type of love. Um, when I signed out of them, you know, we signed out them, I basically knew okay, we're sending you our Mercs, our Sours, our Smoothies, you know, and then maybe, you know, the Sumos, you know, the Slamnesias, like we're never going to send them because like you said, yeah, you know, it, it's hard to get a style that isn't a hype style that, that scores above a four. Um, so that was kind of, we knew that was what they were going to be looking for. And if you look on Tavor's app, you know, it's for the most part, it's hype beer. See, and that, that's definitely one of the things I was curious about as a consumer for Tavor, how those how they get in contact with breweries and how you guys really pick what beers that you guys are going to put out. And personally, I kind of feel like with Tavor that them having to only deal with beers that rate above four, that I think it's a little bit unfair considering there are a lot of people who pull uh, their, their Yelp review on things on untapped and will rate things very low because they may not love anything that may be going on. Uh, but I do still have my code that's still running on Tavor. Uh, it is code Robear, R-O-B-E-A-R, which will get you a $10 off certificate after the first 25 bucks that you spend on beer on Tavor. Uh, I apparently have a box that is on the way that will be showing up next week uh, that is going a little bit over the beer budget. But, mm. hey, the, the brewery project came up with drank. I had to pick that one up again. <laughs> drank. <laughs> they do let us pick what states we go to too which is nice you know they did ask us hey you guys sell beer michigan we'll avoid michigan you know or any other states you you, you want to be in any other states you want to avoid so that is one nice thing they did is kind of let us pick and choose kind of where we're you know at least where we don't want our beer to go is, is there a state where you don't want your beer to go no, not at all. No, other than Michigan, because like I said, I have, you know, we have some, you know, we have a great distributor network and I don't want to, you know, be, be competing with them via app. Um, I, I guess that makes sense if you have more than just Michigan. I, it, in my head, I'm like, do you not want your beer distributed? Like, <laughs> well, that makes a no, I'm not going to go there today. <laughs> That's probably what they were thinking of when they gave them that option. Yeah, because yeah. there are. I have heard of some breweries that do ship beer in the states where they're already distributed, and they have, you know, there has been some issues between the distributor in that state and the brewery in Tavor. So, I mean, that you know, sometimes mm -hmm. breweries care, sometimes they don't. I guess, but being. Um, being in the industry for as long as you have been, how do you, as, as a salesperson, how do you get in that shot in a beer place? Like you have <laughs> like the shot in a beer place that I know up there in Alpina is Bogarts. Um, how do you get in a place like that? How do you sell Bogarts? 
So, I mean, I started out, I, I sold Budweiser for, for ten, my first 10 years. You know, I, I was, uh, you know, I worked at a large AB house, you know, I, I, my first sales route was Pontiac. Um, you know, I mean, that was, I, I learned how to sell beer and shot in beer bars. Um, you know, you don't go in selling based on, Hey, this is a great West coast IPA, 7%, 70. I've used the Centennial really shines. You know, you walk in, you get to know the person, you hand them a beer and you buy, they buy it because they like you and, uh, they like your brewery and, uh, your local. So, you know, who cares what the beer tastes like, right? To them, it's more they're going to support you because because of who you are and what your story is. And they're hoping they're, you know, they can find some consumers to, to move that product. Well, that, that was a lot quicker answer than I expected. <laughs> you definitely covered everything. I'm, I'm going to finish the show because uh, we're running up on time. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out of the day. This is uh, the Michigan series where we're focusing a little bit more on the Michigan breweries. The folks who have brought us to where we are here at Better on Draft. Of course, you can like us on all of our socials. Better on Better on Draft on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Bod Podcasts on Untapped and Twitch.tv. Uh, uh, of course, Better on Draft.tv. You can follow us live Friday nights. We'll be back next year, January 8th. Um, Chris, my final question for you. I'm just kind of like removing all final questions. Sorry for anyone who had a final question. You can uh, answer or ask him uh, privately. I'll give you his Facebook information. Chris. <laughs> One of the things that I noticed in the first time that I poured for you over at a beer fest, you had a consistent line that never stopped. How do you guys promote yourselves at a beer festival that has a hundred plus other breweries there? How do you guys try to make yourself stand out? So it's all, you know, it's, it's, we make sure we have one or two beers that people may have heard of, but haven't had a chance to try. Um, and then I think we always, you know, it, it depends on the season, but you always got to bring that one heavy hitter, you know, the sumo or, or the slam or whatever the, you know, depending on whatever, whatever festival it is, you know, not, but, but bring enough that we have it all day. You know, we're not one of those where we want to run out of beer in three minutes and, and, you know, watch Robert crying because the barrel aged sumo just ran out. Um, you know, we want to make sure we have enough for the weekend. Um, although the last couple of festivals we have run out of all beer a couple hours early. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, and I think a lot of people want to come see us because they can't come see us at the brewery, you know, especially we're in Grand Rapids, we're in Detroit, we're in, you know, a lot of the downstate festivals, they've had six or seven of our beers, but haven't had more and, and want to get to get to see what else we're doing. Because I mean, it's definitely worth the drive. I'm going to throw that out there. Um, you know, 